Well, hi everybody and welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that gets deep into the psyche of limit pushers across the globe and in all genres. And today we've got a special young guest on the show, um, someone who I find, think you'll find very, very interesting. Um, pushing the Limits is all about people who, who think outside the box, who, who push outside the, the normal limits of, of thinking, and these guys certainly do that, and I'm really happy to have them on the show. Christopher Evans, uh, good morning, and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Chris, you're one half of the Wounded Pelicans. That is correct. <laughs> your, um, your other half is Ants. So, um, yes, he couldn't make it. <laughs> he couldn't make it this morning, but we're gonna, you know, you're gonna stand in for him. Now, people are going, what the hell are the wounded pelicans? Can you give us a bit of an idea of what the wounded pelicans are and how they came about? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, we're an endurance duo from the Gold Coast, and the funny thing was, we were never runners to begin with. Like, we never ran through school. Um, we've known each other for about ten years now through school, and we used to party a fair bit. And that's how it, that's how the running cultivated through um for me it came to the stage where i was partying so much that i had to leave my travels early and come home and focus on my health and oh, wow. i had been studying about why i wasn't happy and it said look after your health and i thought why not enjoy like focus on a sport i enjoy and after high school i did a fit, i did a bit of um Muay Thai, so kickboxing, mm -hmm. and that's how I learned to love running through there, because there's a fair bit of cardio you got to do, so I decided to start running, and then out of nowhere, I thought, why not train for a marathon, so I did, and I stuck with the plan, and then afterwards, I was like, I kept the mentality, you got to use it, or you lose it, mm -hmm. so I was like, I can't, I've just trained four months for a marathon, might, might as well just keep going, it's the healthiest I've ever felt, so I did, and then... Afterwards, Ant, I got Ant to join in. Um, he used to be a runner, and we decided to do a charity run together. And then the next month, we did another one the next month. So in 2015, we had done about eight events or so. Wow. And then after, it, it would have been December time, and we had the idea of why don't we run for a foundation for next year. Keep, keep what we're doing, run one a month. Yep. And... Um, and we'll run for a foundation, but it kind of spiraled out of control. We turned 13, 13 events into 40. So we're doing, yeah, we're, we're doing everything. And so how, the, how the name Winter Pelicans came about, you're probably thinking, what an absurd name. <laughs> um, it's kind of, at first, it meant nothing running related. We we needed a name for our, the for, uh, we were running for cancer research, and the charity we were running for, they're like, what's your name? We're like, Oh, we never thought of this. <laughs> um, so the name, the Winter Pelicans, something happened and we thought, why don't we just go with that? Because it, it was a bit of a joke from school. Like, it's not even, like, it's a little bit of a, um, it was a while ago. And now we're looking at it like a philosophy. Like, now, like, we weren't too serious about the running side of things, but now that we are, we're so passionate. Like, a That's pelican it. can hold yeah. It has beat more than any other bird, and that's just us. We're just two normal dudes, and we're just showing that we can do this more than any other normal person. And the winner part is we get injured now and then, so but we still push through. Like, we yeah. didn't pull out of any – like, I didn't back out of any races last year, um, and sometimes I'll have a bit of a knee niggle, so that's the winner part. And 
and that's that's, the other that's thing. how it came about. So the wounded part being injured injured runners still pushing on through, and the, the, yeah. the pelican part being we take on big projects and we can hold them all in our in, in our mouth, so to speak. That's pretty cool. Yeah, like, I like it. Uh, at first, like at thirteen events, like it was like we just wanted to do at least one half marathon, one fifty k ultra, one um, full marathon, one obstacle course race, and a triathlon. But it turned into being like hundred mile ultra marathons, twenty four hour <laughs> treadmill challenges, back to back marathons on the same weekend. Going to Kokoda and Papua New Guinea. Whoa, um, that's a biggie. Yeah, that was a fun one, actually. And that was the week before the 100 miler. And, um, yeah, that was, that was like, I don't know stupid. if that was good training or if that was a good idea. No, I tell you what, so, so if I could back up a little bit, uh, Christopher is 25 years old, people, so obviously he can, he, he, he approaches this obviously like he did his partying days, like full on without any regard to uh, recovery or um, longevity. Um, and and you can get away with it because you're 25, you know. Uh, I think that's that's really cool. That's um, it's not exactly how uh, I'd recommend people get into ultramarathon running, but um, that's what attracted me to you guys. We, you know, we we found each other sort of on uh, Instagram and through through social media, and then I started looking at you guys' websites. And what attracted me to doing an interview with with you was the fact that. You're really young, like you're 25, you've been doing this for a couple of years already. You have in your mind already a very clear goal. You're very socially responsible with what you're trying to do, which I think is epic. Um, we need more people like you in the world doing things for charities, um, making a difference, making an impact. And I, that's the sort of stuff I wanted to get into. I mean, I mean some of my listeners are quite used to having... Uh, crazy ultramarathon runners on the program, but I also wanted to explore that side of you, why why do this for other people, why, uh, you know, get into that type of thing? I don't know, it's something about gratitude, it's like the feeling of it's invaluable, Um, since, I don't know, since I've taken up this project, everything's worked out so much better a hundredfold. So like I've made some of the ni- like met some of the nicest people who are now my friends, um, like I, I don't know, and I just feel so happy when the ha- like it's the happiest feeling when you help someone out that actually truly needs it, mm. and it's like all right, double down on what works, and if that that's working, so just keep on going. Even like I don't know why, like I'm a, I'm a Sagicorn, so like I'm on the cusp of being a Sagittarius and a Capricorn, and we tend to have extreme tendencies so that might be part reason as well um (laughs) you're a good company (laughs) but i don't know it just helping people it's it's such a great feeling and if i'm not saying what i have like i'm just a normal guy like i don't i'm not saying what i have is like a skill but if i can use it to help people then i'm in oh that definitely is a skill and you know what the um, I mean, what you've done, what you've achieved already in your young years, um, what both of you have achieved is, is quite phenomenal. Um, but that you would have most people at that age, or and me included, were more egotistical and, and completely it's all about me, I'm this amazing athlete, or even if I'm not an amazing athlete, I, you know, I'm totally focused and selfish athlete. Um, and to be able to, I mean... For me, it was in my later years that I got into doing things for charities and for uh, a reason. Because for me, it's about having um, that external motivating drive. I mean, in my early years, I was for me wanting to prove something. 
Um, but you've gone straight straight out and started doing things for good and making a difference in the world. And I think that's really to be uh, commended and uh, using your skills. In this journey, for the last, say, two years, how much have you changed as a person? I think I've changed a fair bit. Like, um, as I say, like, your character is shown, like, after going through adversity and going through how you make decisions and that. And I know, I, I think it's definitely improving. I'm not saying it's still working progress. Yeah. Like, I'm not 100% where I want to be. Um, like, I'm always, I've got the mindset of, like, always want to be better 1% each day. No, no, I'm not saying, like, in 100 days it's complete, but it's just having <laughs> yeah. that mindset. Like, Love it. doing what I can. Because it's, like, it's almost as if I want to, it's almost predicated on um, how I want to be known by. Because you're usually known by one or two things when when you die. And I kind of want to be known as, like, this endurance runner that just wanted to help um, help out people, really. I actually think, I think you'll end up probably being more than that, but... Um, I think it's very, uh, very cool that in someone so young to have that uh, wanting to improve that that focus to actually put your body on the line, put your, you know, the amount of effort and things that goes into this. I know what's involved, um, but to actually have that, I want to improve every day. I'm a work in progress, but I'm going for it. I'm reading. I'm learning. I'm reaching out to people who can make a difference for me and help me do what I'm going to do. And I find that it's like an extremely mature um, attitude. Thank you so much. Um, you are saying, like, you are talking about, like, selfishness and altruism before. Like, the altruism side of things I love doing. But the one selfish thing I guess we're trying to do is seeing how far we can push our bodies. Yeah. So that's the self, like, with this project. But it's not entirely selfish, right? Because if you can somehow inspire people, then it might pay it forward. Yep. In the same sense, so to see if they can see if they can push it, um, um, see how far they can push the limits, and yeah, and exactly that. I mean, this is um, and this is the learning that we get out of being ultra marathon runners or endurance athletes or doing crazy things. People often say, well, "Why the hell would you do it? It doesn't look like a whole lot of fun. It looks terribly hard, and it is terribly hard." Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, it's hundred percent right. Everything they just said. <laughs> otherwise, everyone else would be doing it. I mean, believe me, it, it, sometimes you you you're wondering yourself, "What the hell are you doing?" Um, oh yeah. But the thing is, when you put yourself above, you, 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 you poke your head through the clouds and you go up into that higher echelon of, it's almost like an altered state of consciousness, you know, where, and it's an area where you can't live up there, where you, when you're pushing your body to the max in some crazy thing, uh, yep. but you come back down, it's like going up Everest, you can't live up on Everest, but if you can get no. up on Everest and you can get above that, you get above that death zone, you learn so much in that intense experience that when you come back down to live and function as we do in normal everyday life, you are a different person for it. And that is the power right there to be able to go and change the world in your little corner, you know, and have an impact. Would yeah, you... I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. I know when you said you've reached like, you think it's like you've reached your breaking point, but are you, at that point, you start questioning your sanity. You're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> so many times it's happened, and then, I don't know, you just, you're searching through, and you're like, okay, man, I'm good now, I'm good, I'm good. So how do you get through those moments? You know, like someone it listening is. out there, and you know, they're struggling, uh, and they're having this fight in your head, and don't you? you have this, this rational brain and this emotional brain telling you different things. 
while you're running and people often say to me what the heck do you think about and I'm going well that's a really hard one to answer because everything and everything anything is going through your mind what do you do to get through those difficult times how do I push through so there's a few there's a few ways um a lot of people well I know Ant does this but like using small goals where you um you run you want to run to the next lamppost or it's a bit harder to trail running because there's no lamppost <laughs> yeah <up> yeah <laughs> that's um, free that, that, that tree up there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm there. It's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. But I, I'm always looking at perspective. So this is actually my approach to life in general. But, like, I always think I've got more or if someone's got it worse, like, yeah, you realize that you've got amputees doing this stuff. So it's like, okay, they're, they're missing a leg or so. Or <laughs> one of our good friends, he has no arms and wow. from a recent accident. And he runs, if not more than us. And when I think of him and when he's running with us, it's like, He's helped. I feel, I feel so much better. Yeah. Like in the sense that I can keep going and going because it's that perspective thinking. Like he's got it so much worse, so they'll have no excuse. And it's the same thing. Like if, if um, with distance wise, if I think I've got forty, I'll just go. I think I've got fifty. Like because that's they say in a marathon. Like this is going marathon, not ultra marathon, for example. Yep. The marathon doesn't kick into about thirty k. Yeah. Because it's that last thirty percent. So if you can push push that wall back, so. If you've got a hundred k ultra, I think you maybe got like one twenty five. Yep. So, I, um, that's how I that's how I try and push through. But it's it's hard to do it at first. Just subconsciously think you've got more. It's, um, a, it's actually a really uh, interesting thing because I've often said to people, sorry to interrupt you there, but um, oh, a marathon must be easy for you, and I go, no, nah, you don't get it because when I'm setting out to do a marathon, then that is what's in my head, and that's all I can that's do. True. When I set out to do a 100 miler, I'm going at a different pace and I've got a different thing in my head. It's whatever you put in your head, in other words, is what you're saying, isn't it? It's that is true, yeah. Because even for like a 10K race, yep. like they have a thing called park run. You're, you're probably aware of it. And yep. you, you're going as hard as you can for 5K and you're in 3K in and you're like, is this, is this over yet? But if you do a 100 miler, <laughs> you'll, you'll smash out the first 42K in so quick, it, it, like so much more quicker. Yeah than you expect and you like and it all comes to perspective really I love that word perspective because everything in life and this is valid in, in general life as well as in your sport but you've learnt this skill already in this area and now go out and apply it in other areas is, is changing your perspective on something if you can't get it if you're not coping with something change your perspective thinking about your mate with no arms or the amputee running Death Valley with one leg and I've seen that um it really does make you go, well, you know, what the heck have I got to be complaining about? And it makes you feel like, get over yourself, you know? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And you know that you've got more in the tank and you stop being a wimp, you know? <laughs> yep. You take a teaspoon of concrete and try and harden up a little bit. Um, yeah, Sometimes it, right. it works and sometimes it doesn't. Now, you've... Have you ever failed at anything that you've set out to do in any of these uh, races? Um, the only one I didn't fail. I didn't fail physically. It was. It would have been early on in the forty events. We had only ran forty k like forty k marathons at the time, and someone said, "Do you want to do a hundred and ten k ultra?" Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, right. Like we haven't said no to a race yet, <laughs> um, to a distance or anything Thanks. yet. Um, and it was a, a, an event called Darkness to Daylight, and it started at Wednesday on a Wednesday 
evening at 6.30. So we had done like a 12-hour day at work straight yeah. to the city yeah. to do this event. And you had to smash out 110K in 13 hours. Wow. And wow. That's fast. We, yeah, it was tough because you were running into the night. It was the oh. start of winter. Like, obviously, the Australian winter is not as bad as the Kiwi winter yeah. um, in, in regards to the coldness. But we found that, like, when you when you want to go for a walk at some stage, you your joints start to seize up when it's cold, and that's how injury kind of almost comes about. Yep. Because um, it's like ice, and it's just so brittle. So you have to always constantly be moving, which we discovered. But then your body wants to sleep at early hours in the morning, and this is when we discovered this is a whole nother kettle of fish with ultra running, <laughs> yeah. running into the night, oh, into yeah. the day, especially after a long day at work. Yep. And we ended up getting about 90K. Um, physically, we're fine. We're still running, but we didn't have enough time. Yeah, um, 30 now is very tight unless it's on a really flat road, you know, like. That was, yeah, like I, we could probably do it now. Like now, now it's fine to do 110K in 13 hours. Um, and then the funny thing was, because we were doing so many events, we had an event two days later like an obstacle course race that was a half marathon distance and we're fine um wow. with that okay with that one. You, you are young things will change <laughs> That's thing, like we've got we've got time and energy yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. life's gonna um, come at you mate so just just be prepared <laughs> yeah it's just it's just a matter of being patient and some you have that part in your head it's like i just want to do everything now like why is it all happening but then you realize that some of the like like yeah. You've got like to yourself a bit and the people too. that have like accomplished more through ultra running um, through later years, it's like, okay, they've obviously waited it out and they know, so like, okay, yeah. if they can do it, we can do it. If I can give you um, a piece of advice, it would be think a little bit, you know, further ahead than, than you, you, like if you do do too much, I think the biggest danger that faces you guys, and you've got youth on your side is, but that you could um, do too much and burn out very early. So, you know, a, a candle that, that burns very brightly but is um, burns out very quickly. So my advice would be to pace yourself a little bit. Yes, you've got youth on your side and you've got, you know, time and energy and, and passion, but if you can look with things in a little bit long term, um, I think that way, you know, having spoken, speaking from someone who's burnt themselves out... <laughs> Um, it might be a, a, a good idea just to um, have a bit of patience with yourself. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and so, what happened on that that one? You you physically, you just you like the time wise, you, you ran out of time. That that was it. Yeah, because um, I was still going, and they're like, all right, it's over. And I'm thinking, why would they stop us so early? But because it was on a weekday, and people got they so many pedestrians are using the the walk part. They had to right. uh, like the 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 route we were using, um, they had to stop it. Yeah, that's, um, that's a very quick. I mean, you know, because things can go, people think, oh, yeah, 13, uh, 13 hours for 110, that should be fine. Well, uh, to be honest, I'd be pushing, pushing the proverbial uphill to do that. Um, I've never been fast, but that's quite fast if anything goes wrong, eh? Like, if you have to have a, a break for, you know, 20 minutes, then you're, 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 you're gone, burgers. So it's a pretty hard time limit. Yeah, that, that was my only downfall for yeah. the year. Um, oh, besides a couple of injuries like, that came about. Um, How did you deal with that fa You know, failure? And when I say failure, I, I, I look at failures as being a hell of a big learning curve and very important in your journey. How did you deal with that sort of bit of, little wee bit of a knockback? Um, I just try and think where I went wrong and then not think about 
try not to dwell on it too much because then that's how overthinking comes about. Because I've done this from like past relationships, I've done this from past decisions I've made. So I'm like, I don't want to apply what I've done already, how I thought, like how I thought about things mm-hmm. in, into this running thing. So I was like, because I'm very passionate about it. So, and it's something I wanted, I can see myself doing for a while, for a long time. Mm. So I thought, okay, figure out what I went wrong and how I can improve and then just apply and then don't think about that race ever again. So like cut your losses short. And that's and a gem of wisdom right there. You know, that's the sort of attitude you have to have when, when you're a limit pusher, um, then you are going to have times when you don't, you know, something goes wrong because you are on the limits of human endurance. You are on the limits of, you know, and we, we don't have, I mean, I've failed heaps of times, sometimes because it's psychologically I wasn't in the game, other times I physically was sick or, and that's okay. That's part of the journey. And if you, you've got a mature attitude already of, okay, deal with it, what went wrong, move on to the next one, rather than turning it in on yourself, which is what I see a lot of other people doing, and losing confidence over it. Yeah, like, I'll tell you what, like, there's been a time, we did a 100-mile ultra last year. It was in the trail, and it was about 6,000 metres of vert. Wow. And it um, it was a tough one. And throughout the period where I was, like, at breaking point, I remembered... Like, they say don't think too... Ne- like, it, it's hard to... Because the mind's such a... It goes off on different facets. And yeah. it's just gone off on crazy. Like, the amount of thoughts you can go through is, like, 60,000 thoughts you can go through a day, I think it is. Yep. I, I, I came back to, like, that, that race. And it was like... I remembered I didn't want to get to that stage because I don't want to DNF again. So it was like, okay, that helped me go through, in a way. Like, I used negative thinking to push me forward. Like, <laughs> yeah. going back to negative state. So... Whatever yeah, works sometimes, it, eh? Whatever, yeah, whatever well, there's a science behind using, um, there's a book I have and it's called um, Rethinking Positive Thinking. Yep. So, like, it's the science of motivation by, I think her name's Gabrielle Otingen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it talks about, it's not, it's not thinking, like, too negative. It's just thinking you don't want to get back to where you were. And a very similar um, story is Ronda Rousey. Um, I'm a big fan of her. Yep. After reading, like I've been, I'm a big UFC fan, and reading her story. And the lowest time in her life was she was living in her car, and her she was like dead broke, whatever. And she's like, I just don't want to get to this point. So, kind of using that analogy, I was like, I don't want to get to how I was back then. Absolutely. Right now, so use it. Absolutely. And I mean, I've had a another gentleman on the show, Naresh Kumar. Um, you should listen to that podcast. And he came from India and absolute poverty. Um, and he used the fact that he came from absolute poverty to to push himself to achieve the incredible, uh, to, to work his way out of a situation to become a software engineer in Silicon Valley to he- earn huge money, then to chuck it all in to become a free-spirited adventurer who's, you know, just finished walking that Te Araroa um, Trail, which is like three three and a half thousand k's through New Zealand, uh, and things like that, um, and he he used the fact that that he came from such desperate states uh, to motivate him to to better things. You know, he was driven because of that, and he's used the negative situation that he was in to propel him into the stratosphere of, of what he was able to achieve. And I think that's a very valid motivational thing. I'm 
my story uh, included a very negative relationship early on in my life, and that was a motivating force to prove when yep. it ended that it that I was not that useless, hopeless person that I was told I was constantly. Um, and I used that, and, that, and people say, well, that's a negative motivation, you know, you shouldn't be having to prove it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is, though. If, 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 if it gets you across the line, if it improves you, then that's okay. Use whatever it takes, whatever triggers. That is so true. Um, so one of the coaches of Michael Jordan, his name was George Mumford, and he's a social psychologist, and he has a book called The Mindful Athlete, and he touches on that base, and he talks about adversity, and he has a term called AOF, so it's arse on fire. <laughs> and it's the great things come out of adversity. Like as bad as they sound, it's there will always be light at the end of the tunnel. So it's like like for myself, how I got to running, like I was going through a bit of adversity at one stage and I had to come home early and from travels and I was not happy and since running I've been a lot more happy. I'd love to see before and after with brain scans or with, <laughs> through an MRI, um, just through like dope, like longevity in dopamine and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's when you go through adversity and you can come out of it, that's what builds character really. Always. And, Strength comes from struggle. Um, and it's character building as they say and you know, it's not always a pleasant thing and I, you know, no matter what it is that you're facing, if you can get through and if you can look at it as being I'm going to turn the story around. Whatever's happened to you, even if it's like an injury or an accident or a loved one getting sick, if you can go, what is the lesson I'm meant to learn here? How can I learn it as fast as possible? And how can I dig my way out of this? Uh, and then turning that into a, a, a story, you know, turning it into, into a way to help other people, you know, um, and what you experienced there. So were you into drinking too much and drugs or... What were you doing when you were on your trips that you had to come home, if I may ask? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you don't have to put um, it out there, you know, like, hey, whatever, you know, that's that's fine. But So it was just a really hard time in your life. It was. Uh, it was all that, and there was a few relationships and a, yeah. some other things that came about, um, and it all happened at once, and... Usually you can manage it, but when I guess when it becomes too much at once, yep, um, it hits you. And I, my mindset was not right, I guess, because I was constantly on a bender. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it's like I have to come home early. Yeah, and get and yourself then, together. To pull yourself together, and that's it. That's a, that's exactly what happened. And you've turned your life around then from that. You know, like uh, that, that. That's phenomenal. Because a lot of people go down into a, a deep, whatever it is they're facing, whether they've, uh, you know, like me, bad relationships or getting into alcohol too much or drugs, or and they, and they spiral in a negative spiral downwards uh, and they don't know how to climb back out, you know. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part, trying to um, get out of it, really. And how, like for me, running was a catalyst for healing. And a cathartic experience was that for you? Absolutely, um, because when you do a massive ultra and it's kind of like a bit of purposeful suffering, like you take, like you purposely put yourself through these tough moments. You when you finish, the, when you cross the finish line, you're like, I've just done the toughest thing I've done all day. And nothing can get to me, and 
Yep. When, when you, and it all comes, and that's a perspective thinking too. Like then, when you come home and nothing can get to you really because you've just done the, t- you've just been running for thirteen to twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you and know yeah. that you know the ca- your potential. Like people have, when I'm coaching, people have so much potential and they just don't know it and they don't see it. And sometimes it's very hard for them to. Or for you to find that trigger point to get them to pull that that uh, motivation out of them. Yes. But you managed to do that on your own. You didn't even have a, a, a coach or a guide or a counsellor saying, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Well, I'm looking at every run like a training run, like because it's gonna it's training for the next big one, and that's the next big one. So. I feel like if there's an end goal, like if that's the race the end goal that I'm training for, then it's going to be a lot tougher because it's like the 30% mentality thing. But when I said before, like if you're training for like a 42k ultra, 30% that's over. But when I'm saying, okay, I'm training for this is for Everest, so it's kind of pushing the wall back a little bit more every time. Mm. So I don't know, like that kind of helps. Like you, you really learn about yourself, like when you do these crazy events and you find out what works for yourself and it's, it's like diets. Like everyone says, you should do this, you should do this stuff, but you don't, you experiment, you try it, you do you experiment with everything and you just double down on what works. And that's the mentality and I've kind of gone by and it, it's working. Do you think, because you said to me earlier, um, you're a prolific reader and you, you read a lot of books that are all on mindset and, and, and as well as athletes and, and inspiring people. Um, do you think that's had a massive influence on you? Yeah, because I, I am a big believer in having mentors and all that. Yep. And some of these people, they're a bit hard to get to, so they're like virtual mentors. And you, stories are a great way to captivate your attention. So so like your book, for example, that's how I first read, um, first knew about you. Um, obviously, Dean Carnassus. Um yeah, Cool dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a cool guy, and it's not even just him. It's like all the a lot of the sporting people, and it's just people that have gone through crazy amount of stress and adversity, and they've pushed out and come into greatness. And like, I really want that, and that's all you have. And then when that's all you have to study, I guess that you're so immersed that you're trying to emulate that as much as possible. So, so what is what you put in your brain is what you get out. Yeah, what you put in is what you get out. Exactly. And so, so you're a seeker of wisdom, of knowledge, of understanding, you know, like, uh, for your own self, for your, how your brain works. Um, would you say that, you know, you're someone a seeker of knowledge? Oh, absolutely. I, if it can, if it can benefit me in the best way possible, and if I can show that it works, then I'm in for it, be a practitioner about it, and then pass on that, that wisdom later on. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have an interesting story ahead of you. <laughs> I can see that. Thank you. <laughs> and and it was, what's cool is that you're doing it so young, so you've got, you got a lot of time ahead of you. Um, what would be your message to other, you know, 25-year-olds and younger out there who perhaps not, don't know where the hell they're going, haven't found, uh, uh, you've found your, your, your direction, you know, in life or for the moment anyway, um, who are lost, who don't feel confident, who don't know, who you are know, going down a bad path perhaps, what would be your, your gems of wisdom to them? Well, it all comes down to, and this is said so often, I've, I've read and it's true, but you have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. You have to be 
like great things come out of your, your comfort zone. So that's number one. But you have to, if you don't know what you're doing, you have to experiment. So you have to, when someone, you have to become a yes man. That's how I approach life as a yes man. Yep. Unless it's like something bad, like some crazy drug. Um, you have to, that's the only time I wouldn't. Um, so the only, like if someone says something, say yes. So because if someone you never know, it might you. come, it might turn into something really well. And you just experiment, do try everything and try it for like a couple months. And if it works, then double down onto it. And it leads, and then you have to be, you have to be curious about the topic. Like they, they, there's a saying, do, do what you love. But I think it's do what you're curious about because that's what keeps the fire burning. Um, that's how we got about ultra running. Like Dean Karnassus, funny story. Um, Ant and I were reading his book, 50 Marathons in 50 Days. Mm-hmm. And we were so curious about like ultra running. It led into one thing and then to one thing and it led into another thing. And we read in there, he's like, if you want a great way to get prepared for ultra running is um, go for a long run for like all, go all day, bring a, a camelback and some money and some water and then keep filling up when, when you can. And we did that. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's give that a try. And since then, <laughs> It's taught, like, we went running. We did a 76K training run one day, and it was the hottest day possible. Didn't bring sunscreen, so we've learned from that. (laughs) And, yeah, it's like, okay, now we know what to expect. And, yeah, it's just trying new things. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Dean, 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 uh, sometimes I laugh at some of the way, um, you know, he he just goes out and does stupid things um, and, you know, advises you to do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and for some people that works and for others, you know, I'd caution going out running your first, you know, a seventy six k run when you haven't done anything because you might end up in the in the hospital or something. Um, yeah, but, I, like I have another that funny story. Um, there's a book uh, which you, you you're well aware of. It's called Born to Run. Oh yeah, Chris Doyle. Yeah, I love him. He's cool. And I got curious, very curious about running. I still am very curious about running. And you're reading it, and it talks about bad water. So I'm looking into bad water. I'm like, what is this race? <laughs> like, they're talking about a lot of races. They're talking about Leadville. They're talking about all these other races. Yep. And they're talking about bad water. So I'm, I'm looking at bad water. What is this one? And it comes up with an interview. When I Google it, it comes up with an interview from the founder of Spartan, Joe DeSena. So Joe and Dean are two very influential icons that Ant and myself look up to. Yep. And Joe is this crazy dude. In one year, he did, this would have been 03, he said. And in one week, sorry, in one week, he did the Vermont 100 trail run. And mm-hmm. then two days later, he did Bad Water. Yep. And then, then three days later, he did Lake Placid Ironman triathlon. Just so he did, the, he did 300 miles of endurance, or 300, more, more than 300 miles, yeah. in a week. And then that's perspective. Like, if he can do that many in one week, we can do 100K, which is only a fraction. And then... People ask him, how do you, how do you, um, what's one thing that you can give out? And he's like, you've got to do Bikram yoga because it's really good for flexibility, it's good for focus, it's good to sweat it all out. And I said to Ant, we've got to do Bikram yoga. So we did Bikram <laughs> yoga. And from there, we met some create some amazing people contacts that led on to another thing, that led on to another thing, led on to another thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you've got to be curious and you've got to, like, we'd never ever think we'd do Bikram yoga. We didn't even know what the hell it was. Um, and from there, it's just, yeah, it it, it, it does. You, you, what what happens is you you take a first step. You don't know where you're going, but you're taking it, 
and then that leads to another step and then you, yeah. end up, you end up in places and understanding and learning things and going to places that you never would have dreamt possible if you if you if you'd sat down and planned all this you, you'd, you'd be going nah that's never going to happen <laughs> that's exactly right and you try not to you know you try not to like dwell too much as like going back but when you think about it you're like it's all because of that one moment and then then it's because of if you look at the decisions that you'd made and you're like wait I don't know. you look at the roadmap that was never meant to happen and no. why would I take a detour in that route <laughs> um <laughs> And that's the rich tapestry of life, though. You know, like, isn't it amazing? You don't know. Um, if, I, if I think back, uh, and I'm talking too much about myself here, but it, you, you bring up old memories for me. Um, if I think back to all the things that I've done and, and how I actually got there, like, it's like, wow, that's insane. I never thought that I'd ever do anything remotely, you know, and... Talent-wise, I never had it. I never, you know, wasn't ever great at anything or uh, you're not the superhuman person. You just took one step and then you took another step and then you ended up getting excited and taking another one and going further and longer and the journey and you look back and go, holy heck, you know, you've written two books now and there's a whole lot more that could have been in there. And, and that, that path is so winding and that's, I think, the, the, the spice of life, isn't it? Rather than going to job every day and nine to five, and you're going to be, uh, you know, an executive or whatever, and you go up the ranks, and you know, that, that's okay for some people, but for me, that was never a path that I wanted to take. Yeah, I agree with you, and it's not the end result; it's the journey. And um, I think that's how, like, when I said before, the, the mentality with the training runs, how it's like everything's just a training run. It's still part of the process of getting to where you want to be. So. Yeah, you just enjoy, you try and enjoy the adventure and the process of getting to where you want to be. Because I think when you get to the end result, you're like, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, do you feel ever, I suppose you wouldn't because what I've felt at the end of some massive events is like, oh my God, you know, like a real downer because the thing that you've been working towards for a year is suddenly over and you've done it and you've achieved it and you're meant to be ecstatic with yourself and then you're like a bit lost. Um, yeah, that's how we felt after last year when we did the four events. It's like, oh, we're done. It's like, oh, now what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like um, in Dean's book where he mentioned he did the fifty marathons and he's like got a little bit upset, so he decided to run home, yeah. <laughs> like Missouri or somewhere, and then, then caught a plane home. He's insane, right? <laughs> yeah, and I love that. I love that insanity because it's not average. And it's not average. Be anything but average. Yeah, and it just, that's what catches my attention. It's like, yeah. it's different. And it's like, okay, this guy I really look up to. <laughs> yeah, win, lose, do whatever, but go down and, you know, in a screaming heap, you're going to go down and um, and have have an adventure along the way. Mediocrity is is is, is my enemy, you know. that's Yeah. I don't want I'm... to ever be average. If I fail at something, that's perfectly okay with me. Um, I make no qualms about that. It means I was pushing hard. You know, yeah, and and but I do. I have found over over the years sometimes after a big event, and someone once said to me, um, it was actually uh, Chris Ward when I was you know um, doing the ultra, and he yes. said, and I got you know did the ultra, and it was this massive, amazing career highlight to actually finish this two hundred and twenty two k race over the two highest passes in the world, 
and it was hell and I got there and then I was like well what's next and he said to me you got to learn to stop sometimes you're at the top of the mountain and stop looking for the next mountain and just go and look down from where you come from and go bloody hell I did that and integrate that because you've got to celebrate your successes as well as 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 just aiming for the next mountain before you take off on the next mission sometimes it's good to just consolidate reflect and go crikey I did do that and have a bit of quiet time and you know be introverted and reflect on on what you what you've been through because sometimes it's traumatizing it is traumatizing and you um you look back and you go bloody hell I need a bit of a rest now um and that's okay too, you know, you, you reflect inward and you learn from that experience. If you jump straight onto the next mountain, sometimes what happens is you don't learn the lesson that you could have learned from that last mountain. You know, yeah, you it's me? good to always, um, it's hard when you can't sit still though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well you are 25 and you want to go for that next mountain, but it, sometimes take a little bit of time out to reflect on what it is that you have achieved and, and congratulate yourself because we all build on success, you know. So when we're successful on something, pat yourself on the back and go, bloody hell, I did do that, and how cool is that? It's not that you're getting arrogant, it's that you're just going, awesome, and, and, and feeling that feeling, and then, and then you're more recharged to head up the next higher mountain. Yeah, it's true. Like, momentum is very important, especially if you've got something going. Yep. Um. And you do need rest too, or else you do, you are right, you will burn out. But yeah. the beauty of like what we're we're doing this year, it's a project called the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. It's one instead of like forty endurance. Like last year was intense. It was so intense. Like more than one in four night. And when you realize you got time and you've got social life and you're trying to balance everything, it it wasn't practical. But I'm glad we did it because we we've done it. Like it was mm. tough. It's like one giant ultra. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Um, now this year, like. We've done one event each month. They're extreme mammoth events, but at least we've got the entire month to kind of like build up to it, and it's not. That's insane. It's that's still insane. You know, like that's massive. In fact, it's bigger than doing forty events because the forty, you know, included some smaller, and, and so now you're taking on massive challenges every single month. Um, that that's, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, so the very next one. How a question um, that I always get asked too is, um, how are you financing all this? Because this this sort of stuff costs mega mega bucks. How do you uh, manage to self funded? Yep. So you've what got rich parents and you're you're all good? <laughs> no, I pay everything myself. Um, we we are fortunate that we've come across a few sponsors along the way, like with shoes and gear, but. Um, Financially, it's all backed by ourselves. So you work your ass off in order to get to pay yourself to get to the next event. Pretty much, yep. Yeah, and what you know, I look at um, the state of sports, and I work a little bit with rugby players and things. And so, what what really gets me is they get everything handed to them, right? And then you've got the sport like ultramarathoning, and I know that we're an eccentric bunch of weirdos with not much <laughs> spectator value, but yep. it, it annoys me that we have to, you know, like that there's such an imbalance in sport that, that golfers, that tennis players, 
um, get these ridiculous sums of money, and then you've got these people that are doing absolutely insane, most difficult sport, and they can't even get a T-shirt, you know, sometimes. It's, it's, it's a typical imbalance of the world, isn't it? You know, for, getting a, for being, hitting a little white ball around and putting it in a hole, you get paid millions. For yeah. running across Death Valley, you, you'll have to pay for the privilege and pay big. <laughs> yep, it's, it's true. It's, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, that one. Um, but if, if you're driven enough to get to smash it out and really see how far you can do it, I think like, the money side of things isn't, doesn't seem as important. Um, but it does always, it always does help if you can. But it's so like a, you learn so much because you have to. I, I said, um, there's another one of your fellow countrymen, James Kostrijan. Um, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And he, he said to me, Lise, you know, I said, how did you fund, you know, his Antarctic expedition or, you know, cross, uh, crossing the, 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 from Australia to New Zealand and kayak and stuff? And he says, you know, it's like trying to build the stadium while training for the Olympics. And you're trying to build the stadium <laughs> at the same time. And I said, that's so true, eh, mate? You just, you, you're going hard out to get enough money to get there. And you learn all these skills of marketing yourself, of promoting yourself, of speaking. And you're going you're gonna to do all this because, I mean, you are already. I can see on your website how professional it all, all is, what you're offering already to sponsors. Um, but you do, you have, to, you have to literally build the stadium and train for the Olympics at the same time. And, it, man, it's it's an amazing journey to have to do that. I love that analogy because it's, it's, it's so true. Because it's, it's true. Like, getting up at four, going training, just so I can get training done out of the way yep. for the day. And so then go to work, work for 10 to 12 hours. And yep. then I might train in the other if I'm in the mood, which I sometimes I am. And then most of the time. And then focusing on, like, after having dinner and then focusing on this project at the back-end stuff. All the back-end um, stuff that you, you're up till midnight on the computer, reaching out to people, building your websites, getting this gig, getting that gig, you know, it's a huge commitment, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah, and then you, your days go so quick, though. <laughs> I'll give it that. Yeah. And yeah, I guess I'm not as knackered because if you've got something driving you and you've got that – like and like you said, like not everything's given to you, so you have to work for it. And it makes when you actually do these events, you're like, I can't pull out now. I've got yeah. to work so hard for it. Like I'll be so disappointed in myself if I pull out now. So true. Like you, you, you've you've given everything. Like um, you made yourself accountable. Like yeah, yeah but you're not accountable to anyone. You. You're accountable to yourself because <laughs> you said you're going to do these things, and you've gone through so much effort to get there. Yeah. That, that There's even no when it all out. turns to custom, you like trying desperately. Uh, you know, I remember like um, running through New Zealand. I ran 52 um, marathons in 42 days, and um, wow, and, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> it was pretty insane. And so 2,250 k's, and I had I was doing it for charity, and after already after like 10 days, my body was broken. I, I was broken beyond. You know, I was running up 500 k's a week. And I was in so much agony, and I, but there was just no way I could pull out. I had to yep. rejig. I had to pull back a little bit on the kilometres because I was literally out there for 18 hours a day, you know, walking a lot of it now because I had shin splints, I had ripped hamstrings, I had a rash all over my body, my immune system was breaking down. 
But I had some kids come out from Canteen, which is the, the one of the charities that I was doing it for, who had cancer. <laughs> and they were like 18, 19-year-olds, and one was a 13-year-old. And they were there like at night holding my hand while I was bawling my eyes out going, how the hell am I going to do this? And, and I'm looking at, at these kids with cancer and they're trying to give me a pep talk and I'm thinking, what the hell, you know? That's <laughs> a perspective in you now. It's perspective. That's... I got off the, the ferry in between um, the South Island and the North Island and I had a young girl who was 19 who had cancer and I said to her, shit, I've got to go and run another 35 kilometres now. You know, oh, woe is me, you know, it's the last thing I feel like doing. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, I'm going to have chemotherapy this afternoon. Well, that totally shut me up because yep. here I was moaning about having sore feet and a sore body and having to run 35K and she was facing chemotherapy and she died six months later. She lost her battle. And for me, oh, that wow. was like, you know, get over yourself. You're still alive. You're still fighting. You're still doing this voluntarily. <laughs> You, yep. you have a choice in the matter. That young lady doesn't have a choice. And she was small, smiling and, and you know, trying to pep, pep talk me. You know, it was like, wow. It's funny you say that because when you mentioned before, um, you said, what keeps you going? When we're, when we're doing stuff for charity, you don't want to let the team down. No. So you've gone through this extent of saying, I'm going to do this. I better stick to it. And when you're in those moments, you think, I don't want to let the team down. So that's, yeah, that's, an, sorry, yeah. that was going back to what you're saying Yeah, before. you pull out all that, the stops, don't you? And when you said that, it was like, that resonated with everything I just, I've, I've, I've had, I've experienced as well. Yeah, and some, the horrible thing is um, when you do fail um, and you've got that on your shoulders, and that's happened to me before too, um, that's hard. But then you've got to go, hey, I didn't leave anything out there. I went down fighting and I, and I gave it everything I had. Um, and at the end of the day, well, someone also said to me, it's not worth dying for. And um, that's something that you should probably pick, put in the back of your, your mind when you're doing these things. Uh, it does sometimes get to a point where you can kill yourself, <laughs> quite literally in ultramarathon running, uh, especially if you're doing things in, in, you know, really exotic out there places where, that are totally remote. Just remember to come back alive because you're no good to anybody dead. So don't push beyond. <laughs> but I kind of disagree at the same time. Like, I know you may die from this, but it's like, okay, I don't what I did. I love doing, <laughs> and it's like that's how I'm going to be known for. Oh, well, but, yeah, you certainly but, make an impact in that week. But um. You know, wouldn't it be great if you can come back home and, and yes, do it for yes, the next 40 years instead? <laughs> Try not to die, okay? <laughs> yes. But we, we don't need any martyrs in the ultramarathon world. We need people that are still doing it when they're 80, you know? Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's, just a, it's just an incredible journey. You know, sometimes when you fail, when you succeed, it doesn't really matter as long as you, were, you, know, you left everything out there on the, on the pitch, so to speak. Yes. Now, how, how is Ant's feeling in all this? Is he's like, similar mindset to you? Must be. Yeah. Yeah, he's very similar mindset. We're very, very, very similar. We've known each other pretty, we know each other pretty well because we've known each other for about 10 years now. Um, so very similar, and I guess... You kind of have to, the values have to align, if anything. Um, some things we don't agree on, and which is 100%, because not everyone is the same. Mm. But, we're, yeah, we're very similar. You, you remind me of actually James Kostrigian and Justin 
Jones, do you know those guys? Yeah, two, the, na- two. Oh, the names definitely ring a bell. Oh, you have to look them up because you guys are, you, you remind me of, of them. Um, they're the ones that, you know, crossed the Antarctic to the you know, South Pole and back and yep. kayaked over from Australia to New Zealand and then actually came in in my hometown. <laughs> you, you two remind me of a, of a, a, you know, slightly different version of those two. <laughs> so make oh, sure I, you I, I know the kayak thing, yes, yes. I know, I know. Oh, they're absolutely kayak. amazing. To, Aussie, you know, fellow countrymen of yours, look them up, learn about them because... They are incredible, you know, absolutely incredible. Especially James, I, I know very well, and um, you know, he's just just a, such an inspirational character, and just the most loveliest person as well, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon you're younger versions of of them. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to wrap this up. Um, so I hope everyone out there in listening land has enjoyed this this. Uh, Bit of a you know intellectual journey perhaps into what the what the body and the mind is capable of and what you can do and and it's perspective from a from a young man going places doing incredible things. If you had some parting words to 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 give to everyone out there, what would they be? Uh, give everything a try and aim as high as you can. Like I, that sounds so cliche, but it's true. Like that's that's what I've gone by and. Just remember that everyone has their own story, so you have to be perspective. Like I'm a big thing with perspective thinking; it's almost like a mantra to me. Mm. And yeah, you always have to be thinking other people's shoes because yeah. I think that's a really good thing. Perspective thinking: change your perspective on something. If you think you've got it tough, look how tough you know much harder someone else has got it, and be grateful. Gratitude would be another one. Yes, absolutely. And go places and you know be thankful for what you've got. So waking up every day, you know, if do you have a sort of a, a daily routine of you know you get up and think about all the wonderful things that you've got in your life and how grateful you are. Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I wouldn't say it's part of a routine. It comes in now and then. Yeah. Um, just when I'm having a bad day and I realize why I'm doing everything, mm-hmm. and you you realize. You, it, well, if you know your why, your, your your reason for why you do things, then your motivation will, will, will reignite, the flame will reignite, and mm. then you can redrive yourself. Um, like, bad days are always inevitable. Yep. Like, everything is so uncertain. Um, but, yeah, with the routine, oh, it's not, I don't have too much of a routine. Um, I guess just wake up. Train, go to work. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> training is, Rinse and um, repeat. <laughs> is, is very eclectic. Like, my training is very eclectic, so I'm not, I, so I don't feel as burnt out. Like, not, I don't run as much. Like, I don't run every day. Like, I might do strength training and altitude training one day, um, and then I might run the next day, and then I might go for a cycle or a swim. Um, so so I don't feel complacent up. in running, but I still, I still run a fair bit, though. And so, yeah, so uh, that last word really was understand your why. Yes. Understand why you want to do it and what the results are that yeah, you want like to get. Yeah, your vision, the reason why you, like in our stage, our vision and who we're helping and you're like, okay, I don't want to let them down. And, yeah, you just, then you kind of reverse engineering everything. You think of that end result and you work backwards mm. and that's how because if you're going forward you don't know what step to take but as if you know the end goal then you can work backwards and then you can figure out the steps yep that's, so, 
that's and then, then it, that's that's a strategy, and you have to then you can use tactics like how can I get to there to there like in a certain manner. And so yeah. it's, a, it's goal setting, effective goal setting, and then working your way backwards to your action plan, so that you've got your your, your tasks that you do, your small things on a daily basis. Those are that's a really good message. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, thanks very much, Christopher, for being on the show. Everybody, that was Christopher Evans. If you go to thewoundedpelicans.com, you can find out all about these guys, perhaps support them on their journey. Any sponsors out there wanting to um, throw some gear or, or stuff these, you know, their way and help them on this incredible journey that they're on, I'm sure uh, they would be most thankful. Um, and to all our listeners, as always, please uh, hop on uh, iTunes. And if you like this interview, if you like what we do, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And we appreciate it very much. And we'll see you next time on Pushing the Limits. <laughs>